Welcome to Grace Life Church Podcast. If you would like any more information about us, please visit our website, gracelife.com.au. It's very difficult to handle pain. And I just want to, I struggled with the use of the word, I lost my wife. I lost my son or husband or my niece, my cousin. For God's people, we don't lose anybody. If we could just use the terminology of the scripture, you will not find it in the scripture that they lost. The Bible says that we, as Pastor Josh has aptly put it, we have hope. We live in the hope. The pain is in this statement, I don't know. I asked the Lord a question. The question is, why me? I'm your servant. We served together. We ran children homes for all of our married life. We care for children. We pioneered churches together. We serve God together. The question is, why me? And I'm sure you ask that questions, not necessarily in the loss of someone. But when certain things happen in our lives, the events and moments of life, we do ask these questions, why me? Years ago, in back in the year 1988, I was in my last year of Bible college in England. And during that time, a lady from Ireland came to minister in the Spiritual Emphasis Week. Her name was Helen Rosavia. Helen Rosavia, Dr. Helen Rosavia. She served in Africa. In, and she served during the Civil War. She was physically handled, sexually molested, even was raped and went through so much of struggle and pain. She asked this question, why me? I've come here to do good. I've left my home country to do good in Africa. Why me? Fast forward 2021 after my wife had gone to be with the Lord. I took a month to myself and, and I stumbled upon her, one of her last episode of interviews taken in Canada. And I, as soon as I saw that, it's just a random and incidental stuff on, on the pages that came along the videos. I said, I know that lady. I met her personally. I've heard her. So I was interested in listening to her. The question, I mean, as I listened to that uh, interview, she related to what had happened during her time in Africa. This is what she said. The Lord asked me to stop asking questions, why me? The Lord said to me, 
change your question. Change your question. Why not me? Not why me, but why not me? It puzzled me. And I sat and listened to that three or four times. I don't understand that. When the Lord is with me, in my mind, I want everything to go right. I want everything to go prosperous. I don't want to lose anything. I don't want to fall down. I don't want to have accidents. I don't want to have any incidents of sorrow. Now this could be someone else preaching. Now we are swayed in or even, even our minds are you know, kind of uh, infiltrated with certain kinds of doctrines of preaching, not necessarily the truth. It doesn't mean that when we are with Jesus, we will not go through any losses or any damages in life. We do. The big question is suffering. The question of suffering is a big question. Why am I going through my family situation? But I want to believe, like in Joseph when he said, you people meant for evil. But the Lord turned it for good. It is only the Lord can cause even the evil into good. And that is comforting to me, but not fully comforted. When somebody said, it's a good thing you lost your wife. Can you take it in? It's a good thing that you had this accident. Or good thing that you, you know, you lost this money. No, you don't feel that. You don't agree with those kind of statements. You feel like punching them back. But in grace of God, you don't do that. You know, so uh, how do you handle this? This is something as in the body of Christ, we need to know how to handle suffering. We need to know how to handle pain and how to handle disappointments. Don't leave it to the counselors. Don't leave it to psychologists. Because they don't, if they don't know the scripture, they can't, they can only counsel you. They can't bring healing. People said to me, well, time will heal. Please don't say that to me again. Time does not heal. Why do we have such a thing as memory? Memory will haunt you. Memory will trouble you. But thank God, the wounds have become not only healed. You know, you have, you, you, you know, when you had fallen down, I, in all my knees, both knees, I have so many, what do you call that? Scars, right? Thank you. The scars. When I see the scar, I see, I have one big one in my left ankle. But whenever I see the scar, I don't, I remember, but I also remember I am healed. By his, come on, by his, not just by his wounds, by his stripes. Yes, I've been hit. I have gone through tough times and as we all go through, but remember, 
Thank God for the work of grace. Work of grace on our lives. And people ask me, how do you go on with life and ministry? And again, ministry is not what I do. It is ministry is what he does through us. A lot of people would say, or oh, pray for our ministry. Please stop asking for people to pray for your ministry. Ministry is not what you do. Ministry is what he does through you, right? One day you may go, I will go. His ministry will continue to go. Continue to live and prosper. We are only servants. We rejoice in the privilege and the opportunity that we are given to serve his mighty purpose. We don't serve him with our strength. But any talents and gifts that you may have, we, are, we rejoice in what we have. We don't just serve God with natural talents. That may be a good beginning. But there is such a thing as anointing in the body of Christ. Anointing is the divine empowerment over God's people, our chosen people. Sometimes it will puzzle you when God called a, a king who did not know him. God in Isaiah 45, God called Cyrus a, a foreigner, a king who did not know God. God chosen him and anointed him to do the work of God. Remember, anointing is the empowerment of God, the enabling grace of God for God's purpose. And I encourage you today, as I have been ministering on this subject for the whole week, I take morning devotions for our church, no matter where I am. And this last one whole week I've been talking about on this verse, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Luke's gospel chapter 4 verses 18 and 19, what we're looking at today. What it is when Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. You see, Bible is full of principles. As a, principles even don't change with Jesus. There is a principle of anointing. A principle of enabling grace. Was Adam anointed? Was Noah anointed? Was Abraham anointed? I believe they were. Anointing comes with the call of God. When you are called, anointing, the enabling grace of God. Don't just use the word kindly. Just don't use the word power. Anointing does not just equal power. It is, it, it, it is reflected and it is given in many, many ways. Adam was anointed. He has amazing wisdom. To name all the creatures of the world. Wisdom. Yet the anointing and the privilege to be in the presence of God. And hear his voice. And even the footsteps of God walking in the garden. Noah received favor. Grace from the eyes of the Lord. Anointing means grace also. Why do I need, why do I receive grace? Not just for myself to enjoy just grace. Grace empowers you to do the work of God. God gave 
over the grace, not just to have a, you know, happy, holy, and huddle time, grace to do something beyond himself. He had never seen a boat, he never seen an ark, but God gave him an assignment to build an ark. That is anointing. Anointing is not just to preach. Anointing is not just to uh, be a pastor in a church. Anointing is not just to be an evangelist. Anointing is not just to do within these four walls. Anointing is out there. Anointing is, it needs to be activated. Anointing is not activated without our commitment obedience. Today, we have a lot of excitement in church, but very little commitment. Anointing is not activated, not just, just, not just with the excitement. We need to know how to translate the excitement into commitment. As pastors, as you know, I, I am challenged with this all the time. Today, you know, as we, as we look upon this uh, uh, faith offering, obviously when we, you know, put our names and put the amount, it is a commitment. It is a faith commitment. It is amazing. When you move in faith, the Lord gives you grace. Amen. You know, um, when Jesus committed the disciples, he did not say to them, hey guys, you know in Galilee I have about 5,000 acres I am leaving it for you. In the bank of Jerusalem, there, are, there is about $100 million for you. He didn't say anything of that. He said, wait in Jerusalem from the power from on high. Wait in Jerusalem until you're clothed with power from on high. And you will go to the ends of the earth. Money is not the matter for the church. Faith is the matter for the church. We move in the anointing and the enabling grace of God. We have anointed partnerships. This, this evening, I'm going to speak on corporate anointing. My brothers and sisters... Moses and Aaron and their sister, Miriam, born to one parents, one family. All of them were anointed. Anointed worshiper, anointed priest, and anointed prophet and the leader. All in a family. That is an old story, Pastor. And that be today in Malaga, in Perth, I believe it's possible. How many of you have your families here? Your children? Yeah. Can I see your hands, please? Your children. Do you believe for a family anointing? Do you believe a family anointing? I want you to stand right away, wherever you are. Just stand where you are. Believing for family anointing. Believing for your children. No matter how old they are. You may be a grandparent. That's okay. I want you to believe with me. Lord, 
I'm believing for family anointing. Believe for sibling anointing. Amen. All three of them leading the whole nation, two million of them, all from one family. Can you believe together? Praise God. Holy Father, I believe for family anointing. I speak and pronounce it upon grace life, both here and also the other, part, other, other fellowship and Zambia and Lord in Africa and in India. Thank you, Lord, for family anointing. Thank you for sibling anointing. Oh God, to lead a nation. We need your anointed leadership in our nation, in our churches, Father. Holy Spirit, we believe for a breakthrough in our understanding and faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Believe it. Amen. Amen. Lovely to have our children serving the Lord together. I am blessed with, uh, we are blessed, should I say. We are blessed with Ben and Binti. Ben is 30, uh, soon to be married, soon to get get engaged to be married in two weeks' time. And um, and I believe, uh, I mean, also he's serving the Lord. He's preaching today in both services in Coimbatore. And he also ministers in Bangalore. Binti is, he wants to serve with children. She's already serving the children uh, in our camps as well as in our churches. Both are serving the purpose of God. I am delighted about that. I've said, my children would say, it said, said to me, said, Daddy, so thankful that you obeyed God. Actually, that has just blessed my heart. When kids will look to you and say, Mommy, Daddy, so grateful you believed God, you obeyed God. I pray that your family, you will also see that amazing blessing. A big thank you to Grace Life for your partnership over many, many, many years. This is my home in Australia. Some people say, oh, you didn't come to Sydney yet. I said, I've come to be with my home. And uh, it's incredible. I've not gone anywhere beyond uh, Grace Life before Perth CAC and before that, you know, in, in Mount Lolly. Um, this one home is enough in Australia. All right. A big thank you for partnership. Anointing carries a purpose. I remember going, going I mean, as I was a teenager, I was growing up in my home. I used to see my father. Uh, opening these children's homes here and there in the needy places. I used to hang around with him. I used to carry firewood for the children's home. I used to buy groceries for the children's home. And as I was serving along with him, I caught hold of the passion in my life. So my dad asked me before he went to be with the Lord, he said, Lawrence, do you want to carry on with the homes? Dad, no question about it. Here am I. So Getsy and myself, we, uh, we pioneered two other homes. And uh, this year is the 40th year of uh, running children's homes. And a uh, big thank you to you guys. Big thank you to you guys. Out of that 40th year, Grace Life and before Perth CSD, you've been part of that almost for 25 years. Big thank you to you. Put your hands together for grace light. Amen. Praise God. So, anointing to do good. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. It says that how Jesus was anointed, it says to, 
not only to deliver people from the clutches of the enemy, but it says to do good. Anointed to do good. Do you know the church is anointed not just to preach the gospel, not just to heal the sick or to, to, to speak in tongues and prophesy, but to do good in Australia, in this earth, a lot of good need to be done. Last year, God gave me this, this kind of a name, Networking for Good Work. Amen. Network for Good Work. I remember, uh, um, I mean, last year uh, when I was here, I mean, Bunny and Yvonne took me to see uh, one place, a Tower of Prayer. What is that? Uh, Margaret Coast Church and uh, the thing that they were doing, uh, community service. And I was so blessed by looking at that. And on Friday, I saw here and uh, in the fire, you had uh, the office, some goodies and for people in the need. It is. But remember, man, please remember, it is not just giving food. Good work is not just clothing somebody or just giving food to somebody. Good work is more than that. It makes you feel good. Oh, I've helped somebody today. Oh, I have fed somebody. It is good. But the anointing, it is not just to do this stuff. The anointing on the church empowers on the church to deliver people from the clutches of the enemy, right? Amen. You can forever continue to do good work. God's anointing on us, not just to do good work, but God's work. We are wasting our time thinking, oh, okay, okay, a lot of people can do. Politicians do good work. Big companies do good work. They all do good work. But you and I are anointed to do what they cannot do. We are anointed to do his work and his passion. Not just to receive, but to give. I pray that our churches become powerhouses. Not just praise houses, but powerhouses. A house of healing. A house of deliverance. Jesus had 12, except one. They had it again, had one, added one more. They were with Jesus for three and a half years. They continued to receive information after information. They saw what was, happen, was happening. They saw sick were healed. The demons were cast out. They saw deliverance that happened. They had a big mental block. In Luke's Gospel, chapter 24, and verse 25, Jesus said, I've been with you all this while. And yet they could not believe. It was Jesus himself teaching them. It was risen Jesus rebuking them. I said, don't, you can't even, you're dull-hearted and thick-headed. What a way for to receive greetings from Jesus. Hello. Yes. Don't repeat it to anybody else. <laughs> Just, 
That's exactly what he said in one of the versions, that's what he said. But remember, this is so beautiful. Risen Jesus, he didn't lay hands on them and say, receive. And we see that many people do, receive. No, it doesn't happen like that. Risen Jesus sat with them. He taught them the scripture yet again. People want to be active for church, but they don't want to know the truth. You have these kind of people in all churches. They want to be active. They want to be doing things. But remember, you can't be doing things for the Lord when you don't know the truth. These guys were going to go into the, all of the world and they were struggling to believe. Look, this is what could happen to us. Jesus taught them. And I thank God for teachers who teach. Patiently teaching the same thing again and again. He was teaching them for three years. But risen Jesus, remember? No ordinary Jesus just overpowered death and hell. And he sits with them again. He could have gone to Jerusalem to terrorize people. He could have gone and visited Pilate, the high priest. He could have gone to the priests of the temple. But he sat with the disciples. Empowered them. Encouraged them. Taught them again. Never underestimate the power and the usefulness of the truth of God's word. When you know the truth, you are enabled. You are empowered. A lot of people can do good work, but only the church can do God's work. And to do God's work, you and I, we need more than the educational qualities are qualification of this world. I met with uh, one of the professor of psychology from US, from California in Mumbai when he came for ministry. And he said to me, Lawrence, I've been teaching psychology over many, many years. This is his own statement. He said, nothing is like the truth of God's word. I was so, I mean, encouraged by what he said. Nothing is like God's word. Church, please do not underestimate when your pastor uh, invites you for Bible study. To know God's word. You have information, but we need inspiration. That inspiration comes by the Holy Spirit. The world does not need more information. They have more information than us. It is the inspiration that comes by the Holy Spirit that can bring a word for the situation, that can bring and turn around even the cities. My brothers and sisters, who knows? I thank God for that lady by, you know, what's Katie, is that? Katie, uh, your brother, where's your brother, the Katie brothers? Uh, 
Yeah, can I say, what a privileged family you are. Have you visited her? You did? Great. Next time you go, go with the anointing. Are you together? Would you please stand where you are? In Jesus' name, Lord, and pray for this couple. Holy Spirit, I believe in family anointing. I believe in sibling anointing. In the name of Jesus, for this dear brother, be anointed, and Lord, to do your work, your purpose, be revealed and fulfilled. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. I am bold to do this kind of stuff because I believe in encouraging people. Amen. Hello. Yes. Not just good work. Don't stop with that. But move on to do God's work. What is God's work? To preach the good news. The good news is not just say everything will be all right. That is buttering. Hello. Do you know what buttering is? Yeah, we do butter. Right? Buttering. Now go beyond buttering. Fine, man. Everything is to be fine. Go beyond that. Preach the good news. Share. When I say preach, mean it's sharing the truth. That's what it is. Now you got to learn what is truth. That's what I'm saying. You got to know the scripture. Don't just, you know, move satisfied with the culture. Remember, we are very good in settling down for culture. In our culture, we don't do that. We know that we don't do that. But the scripture overpowers the culture. When your pastor goes to Zambia for a minister, he is not taking the culture of Australia. He is taking the scripture over there. When I come across here, I don't bring my culture here. I bring my scripture here. It is the scripture that has the enabling grace and the power to change the nature of man. Amen. It is the scripture that readies you for rapture. You may wonder, what is rapture? Come to the Bible study. <laughs> Preach the good news. You know, some people say, Believe Jesus, the miracles will happen. Please, you don't know the gospel. Believe Jesus, all your trouble will go away. Forgive me, please. No, I don't. Jesus never said that. You know, we don't like, the, what is the first sentence that Jesus and John the Baptist preached? What is it? How many people like that? Now what is repentance? Repentance is change your expectation. 
Change your belief. Change your thinking. That is repentance. It not just says sorry. Jesus did not come asking, please say sorry, the kingdom of God is coming. <laughs> repentance is not saying sorry. How many times your husbands have said sorry to your wife? Ah, <laughs> oh, the wife said sorry to your husband. And she would say, stop saying sorry, I need a change. Change in what? Not a husband. Change in behavior. <laughs> change in behavior. <laughs> See, Jesus said, repentance means change in our thinking by the truth. That's what it is. No, you and I know we don't just repent once in a lifetime. We live in the life of repentance. That's what it is. If you don't believe it, well, you better believe it. It's not just, you know, I said sorry 10 years ago. It's like saying, I told you I loved you on the day we got married. It's like that. Yes. I told you already. No. I want to hear it every day. Hello, ladies. Don't care about men that much. Yeah. Oh, guys, yes. But what I'm saying, it's just that, Lord, that's why this, the word of God says, if you hear the voice of God today, do not harden your heart. Amen. That's what it is. Do not harden your heart. We continue to repent and change. Isaiah 55. Your ways and my ways and your thoughts and my thoughts are way different. They are more the distance. More, you know, it's just like we're heaven and earth, right? That's what it says. You can measure the distance between star and the earth or even sun and the earth, but not between heaven and earth. It's way different. Lord, here am I. I repent. I change. Continue to change. With your scripture. The church is going through a cultural onslaught. India here, everywhere. That's why we got to stick closer to the scripture. To overcome the culture. Star nature is transformed. This morning, how many of you ready for just to do good work? Are you ready for God's work? If you're ready for God's work, please stand. Let's Pray before we go. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your anointing. Not just to do good work, but, Lord, to do your amazing passion 
when you saw people, your heart went out to them. People without shepherd, scattered, famished. You called the disciples to them yourself, empowered them, taught them, Lord, to do what you purposed here in Perth, us in India, Lord in Africa, in Thailand and Burma border, wherever that you would take us and partner with, may your anointing be upon your church to do your work. Let there be a community transformation through the salt and the light testimony of the body of Christ. Here we stand here believing your truth. We continue to repent as we have swayed here and there. Forgive us Lord that we have been oscillating. We get back to your truth to do your work for your glory. And all people said Amen. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast from Grace Life Church. For more information about us or any of our services, please visit our website at gracelife.com.au.